0: takes people, all of us are like this in some area of our life who are in some ways broken, not firing on all cylinders and by his grace transforms them with his love and so this is a place of, um, I want this to be, a, and we've worked hard on this, this is a church of grace this is a church of safety this is a church that should be secure and you should be free to be real with Jesus in this place we hate religion here We hate performance-based Christianity. This isn't about pretending to be people we're not. This is about letting Jesus into who we are. And so this morning, be real. Be real. Be courageous. Say, God, how am I walking with you? And we're looking at this truth that he wants to bring a wholeness and a well-being into us. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that word abundantly in the Greek means most remarkable and excellent, far above, beyond what is considered necessary. It means an extraordinary life, the greatest life. It doesn't mean life is great. Life sucks at times. It is horrible at times. But it means Jesus is great. And it means through Jesus we can be made great enough for life. That is the reality of the Christian faith. And so we want to look at Jesus and go on a journey with Jesus and say, Jesus, take me as I am, but make me more like you. Someone once said, God loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. And being a Christian, walking with Jesus, really means you should be being transformed by his grace. You should not be the same person today than you were two years ago. God doesn't want you to be walking in circles with the same attitudes, the same struggles. He loves you, and he's for you, and he's saved you, regardless of how you're walking in those circles. His heart breaks for you, but by his love and his grace, he wants to set you free to run into his love and into his plan. His heart is to touch every area of your life. And as we're going to see in the New Testament, there's at least five areas of our lives where God's grace wants to bring wholeness. Next week, we're going to be looking at mindset wholeness. So much of what we struggle with is how we think and how we process our thoughts. And we're going to be seeing next week, Romans 12, verse 12, Paul writes, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. And you renew your mind by swimming in his word, by clinging to his word, by thinking God's thoughts And not your thoughts. And so we're going to be seeing the power of mindset. Then we'll be thinking about spiritual wholeness. How do we cling to God when life is falling apart? Then we're going to be thinking about relational wholeness, our relationship with God, but also our relationship with other people. The biggest destructive thing in your life, in some ways, to enjoying intimacy with Jesus is bitterness and unforgiveness. It will rob you of joy. It will rob you of intimacy with him. And we're going to consider, how do we love others? How do we let go of that? But then how do we love ourselves, as Jesus commands us? So we want to spend a week on that. And then we've got Roger Bretherton, who's a professor in uh, psychology, who's going to be doing a session on what does emotional wholeness look like? How can we be emotionally healthy as people? And then we're looking at a week on physical wholeness. And how God wants to heal us and enable us to run with him. And this life and this grace that Jesus gives gives transforms us from the inside out. And this is the proviso. We receive this in part now. But receive it in full in heaven. We can know in part now. God wants to touch us in this way now. But a day is coming when we will know it fully. And I can't wait for that day. I don't know about you. So I want to invite you to go on a journey with us over the next five weeks. I really mean that. I know some of us struggle to get to church even just two consecutive weeks. But, but maybe just for this time, and maybe you don't know what might happen, maybe you want to do it more often, but just six consecutive weeks. Come, and let's go on a journey together and see what the Lord wants to speak into us. I, imagine your life. There was a personal dashboard. If we go to that slide. And each of these dials represented one of those things. Mindset, how you think, emotional, spiritual, relational, physical. How topped up would you be on each one on a a scale of 1 to 10? Be courageous. How am I personally doing in this area of my life? And the reality is this. All of us will be struggling in an area. There won't be one person in this room that's got it all together. So don't feel bad if you're thinking, I'm really struggling with that. All of us will have a dial, as it were, in our life that is depleted more than the other areas because none of us are perfect this side of glory. As Dave Smith says, he says this, There are many things that can rob us of peace and joy in life, but the great news is that God has, has a plan for us to see an increase in wholeness and well-being in every area of our lives. So can you imagine, if you think that is your life in those five areas, can you imagine what an increase in wholeness would feel like? Would it be experienced an increase of biblical, life-giving thinking? There are so many people I meet whose words are so destructive that flow from an unbiblical mindset. And we need to take this seriously. How we think is really important. An increase of spiritual vitality. an an increase in relational harmony, an increase in emotional and physical health. Wouldn't that be great? I'd love that. I'm going on a journey these few weeks. And the reality is none of us have arrived. And so let's go on a journey together. And as I was praying about this, uh, I felt God prompt me to share something that he spoke to me about two years ago. And it was at a revive night, and I was every year. You wouldn't look it like realize it looking at me, uh, but every year I love to do a real physical challenge. So I I love just putting my body through things that it really shouldn't be able to do with the size it is. But I'm on a journey, and I'm going to lose weight this year. And uh, and two years ago, that challenge for that year was a three peak challenge across. So it's the highest mountain in Scotland, Wales, and England in 24 hours is the challenge. And at a revived prayer night, someone prophesied over me that God would speak to you on each peak. And he did. And for two years, I've waited for God to say, now's the time to share it. And so the rest of this talk flows from what I felt God was speaking to me about on this journey that I went on. I did something that was uh, really a very big challenge for me personally. And so the next slide is, this is me at the top of Ben Nevis. We started, really encouraging we waltzed, we sang, we sung kumbaya as we were climbing back down. You may not be able to see it, but there's actually snow in June, and it's wonderful. I love Scotland, what a wonderful place. Walking up Ben Nevis was my favourite of the three. And so Ben Nevis was magnificent. We finished that around nine o'clock in the evening, came down to the minibus, and then we went straight to Scarfell Pike, which is the next slide, Now, Scarfell Pike wasn't quite as as glamorous, as you can see. I'm sort of struggling a bit there. Uh, We got to Scarfell Pike at half two in the morning, and I tried to get as much pasta in me in between Ben Nevis and Scarfell Pike. But as soon as I got out of the minibus, I puked the whole thing up. And... And there was this prophetic moment where I was just kind of stumbling up this mountain, not knowing really what I was doing, which is pretty usual for me. And we had these little head torches on, and everyone else's head torch was working brilliantly. And mine was this little flickering light. (laughs) And so one person in the group stayed with me and the other guys shot up there to try and make sure they finished it. And they said as they looked back, they could see the really bright light from my friend and then my little flickering one (laughs) was beside him, like a prophetic moment of of who I was in that time. It was pouring with rain, it was foggy, it was awful. It wasn't a great moment in my life, I have to be honest. But we managed to do Scarfell Pike, we jumped in the minibus, drove to Snowdon and this is me dead at the top of Snowden. <laughs> uh, how I managed it, I'll never know. Um, and well, I do know, and I'll share a bit about that in a moment. But this was me at the top of Snowden, and uh, we had to race down the, out down Snowden, and we managed to complete the challenge with eight minutes to spare. So this is my favourite photo, where the sun was out, us over the finishing line, me looking as if oh, well, it was easy. But it was a really hard journey and challenge. And at the top of each mountain, God did speak to me. And He spoke to me about going on a journey. And I want to say each of these three lessons that we're going to think about as we go on this journey to wholeness is something that God spoke to me about as I did the three peak challenge a couple of years ago. And the first lesson is this follow the best directions. We might need to miss a few of the slides now because I'm just going a bit faster. Follow the best directions. On this journey to wholeness, we need to follow the best possible directions. Without the right directions, we would never have finished the 3 peak challenge. At the top of Scarfell Pike, at three o'clock in the morning, with the fog, we didn't have a clue. Well, I didn't have a clue where we were going. The only reason we managed to get to the top of that peak was because we had a map, but we also had a a compass on a phone. We had the right directions that enabled us to get to the top of that mountain. And when it comes to a journey of increasing your wholeness, you must have the best directions to get there. And there's no shortage of offers, is there? If you go online and you Google well-being or wholeness, there's over 120 million YouTube videos on this theme. There are loads of advice out there, and some of it may be helpful, but a lot of it can be confusing. So where do we go for the best advice? And the best advice is the Bible. To find a map that enables you to run in a way to find your wholeness is the Word of God. If you want to run with all that God has for you, you need to hear God's heart for you. And so the best directions we can ever follow are in the Bible. And so Paul writes to a church in Thessalonica and says this, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is concerned with your wholeness. He's concerned with our spirit, body, and soul. And I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this verse. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. In the message he says this, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. May it put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. I love that. And Jesus is inviting every single person in this room to trust him, to walk with him, and to experience his peace. He says in John 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. And the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and it's found all over the Bible. It's a rich word that means complete well-being in every area of life. It speaks of peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, welfare, tranquility. It's about speaking peace. You guys following me, okay? And in the New Testament, shalom is revealed as the reconciliation of all things to God through the work of Jesus. So the way to experience this wholeness, the shalom, is through Jesus. So Paul writes to a church in Colossae and says this, Colossians 1 verse 19. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making Peace by the blood of his cross. You want to know peace in the shalom, holistic sense? It is through the blood of Jesus. It is through the work and the cross of Christ. Tim Keller puts it this way. God was pleased that through Christ to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Christ's blood shed on the cross and this is the bit. Shalom experienced is multi-dimensional, complete well-being, physical, psychological, social, and spiritual. And it flows from all of one's relationships being put right with God, with oneself, and with others. Shalom. It's my prayer for these few weeks all of us would experience more and more of this supernatural shalom from God. And so the first thing is the best directions. And we're going to take time not to think what we think, but what does God think about these areas of our lives? And unpack together his word. Second lesson is seek expertise. On this journey to wholeness, we need to seek guidance, expert guidance. You see, it it won't be a surprise to you But I would never have finished the 3 peak challenge if others on that team didn't know what they were doing. Because to be quite honest, I really didn't. (laughs) I needed our group leader to know exactly what to do in order to find the best directions. I needed expert guidance. And this is the truth. And we know this, what I'm going to say. But I want to say, do you really feel it and believe it? Because our expert guidance comes... From the expert himself, our creator, sovereign king. God knows you. He knows you completely. He knows you personally. He knows you totally. He knows you. Someone once put it this way. He knows more about your mindset wholeness than the greatest neurosurgeon or psychiatrist. God knows more about your physical wholeness than the best physical trainer, nutritionist, nutritionist, sleep expert or doctor. He knows more about your emotional wholeness than the best psychologist or counsellor. He knows more about your spiritual wholeness than the best guru, religious leader, vicar or philosopher. He knows more about your relational wholeness than the best relational coach or marriage counsellor. There's nothing wrong with those things. But God is supreme. God knows you. He understands you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you. And the thing I love about this is that even though God knows me, he still loves me. And he knows you. He knows those areas of your life you don't want anyone else to know about. He knows those things that you are so ashamed about that you don't want anyone else maybe to know in case they reject you or what they would really think about you. And one of the lies of the enemy is this. If God really knew you, he wouldn't love you. And yet the truth of the Bible is God knows you completely and he is so for you. And so when we're looking at wholeness, how can we go anywhere else than the Creator God who knows us completely? But He isn't just the God who knows us, He's the God of the source of life. He's not here just to give guidance, He's here to transform us by His grace. One of His many names in the Bible is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. He isn't just a God who gives good advice. He's a God who is whole himself and wants to breathe into us his wholeness. He is the source of true well-being. It's in him. Is there anything more wonderful, maybe it's just me, than to know God knows you completely and has the power to bring peace and wholeness into all areas of your life? There's not one person in this room who's beyond the grace of God. There's not one person in this room who, who like Jim, Jim Henson's mum, was, was about to throw away and is useless and worthless. There's not one person who will be disregarded. You take one step to him and he'll run to you with his life and his love and his grace. Someone once said this, something wonderful. It is something wonderful to be deeply known. He knows our unique personality. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses, our hopes and our fears. He loves us and can help us like no other. Right now, he knows the areas where you feel depleted or are struggling with. He's wanting to give you expert guidance To help you as you go on this journey towards greater wholeness, in order that we can live the way he intended us to live, life in all its fullness. And so we seek guidance, we seek expert, so we speak directions, we speak guidance. Third thing, guys still with me? Is we travel with others. And again, we all know this, but I want to ask us are we doing it? Because the truth is that three peak challenge, I would never have finished it if it hadn't been for a team. We we had two people who really enabled us to do it, whose role was simply to drive the minibus, and that was a massive challenge for them. Within 24 hours, the challenge really is to drive from each mountain with enough time to walk them. Without that team in the minibus, without the encouragement, in fact, Craig, Mary Jane's husband, carried my bags, like the whole thing, bless him. Still hasn't let me live that down. I know, this team are amazing. They carried me through that. And God spoke to me and said, just like people have done that through, for this challenge, you need to make sure people are doing that for you in your life with me. Not one of us is strong enough to do it on our own. And there are people in this church that need you to be strong for them. We need people around us who are going to travel with us and say, I, I see God's gold in you. And I want to champion you to bring that gold out and to run into all that he has for you. Without the encouragement of others, I would have given up, totally given up. And yet we kept going. The reality is this in the Bible, we weren't designed to do life alone. The writer to the Ecclesiastes puts it this way, and it's read often at weddings, and that's okay. But actually it's about the whole of life. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And although a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. We need the love and the support and the encouragement. Of others, and I just want to put this out there if you're not in a connect group, please join a group. If it's a time thing, talk to us. And if you don't feel you need a connect group, then I challenge you. If you don't need it, there'll be others who do need you to be in a group. We're a family here, and the thing this year I'm going to keep banging on about is this this church isn't about us alone. It's about the 44,000 in this town who don't yet know Jesus. This isn't a holy huddle. This isn't a gang that are just gathered together to sing a bit of karaoke and to hear a nice, relatively good talk and then go on our merry way. We're an army with a purpose. We're a people who want to see this town won for Jesus. And maybe you're sat and you think, well, I can't be really bother with connect groups. Well, if you don't feel you need it, I 100% are confident there'll be people in groups who need you. If you are so sorted as you think you are, then please bring that sortedness into other people's lives. Join a group. Encourage, champion, support. And those of us who are in groups, make sure we're doing that. As friends, make sure we're doing that. I'd love it if everyone in this church had two or three really good friends that they met to pray and encourage each other and challenge each other to run into all that God has for them. And so I encourage you, join a connect group. Because it's really in connect groups we do life, isn't it? Sundays we can't. There's too many of us here. We have a bit of tea and coffee and a bit of a knit-natter and that's it. Don't know where the knit bit came in, that's another thing. A (laughs) natter. We don't all go knitting, do we? That would have been, yeah. But i ask you on this journey to wholeness, swim in the word. Hear God speak into your life. Seek expert guidance. Come and say, Holy Spirit, search me, oh God, as the psalmist said. Seek anything in me that is contrary to you. It's the most courageous but most liberating prayer. And then when he comes, just say, God, I surrender this to you. I I don't feel in my life I can do it, but in your life I can. Come and just say, God, I want to speak. I want to walk with you. But then travel with others. Say, God, I'm not strong enough to make it on my own. None of us are, and I need other people. And if you want to learn more about Connect Group, see one of the host team, fill in a card. We'll try and get you in a group so we can love and champion and support you to run into all that Jesus has for you in your life. So three things, and I'm going to pray now. Because the reality is this, like the picture I shared last week, We can build the most wonderful sailing boat. But unless the breath of God breathes upon it, it is always going to stay in the harbour. And you can live a life that seems sorted to others and you don't make mistakes. But this isn't about performance. This is about a transformed heart. You can be very religious and legalistic and not do stuff and do stuff. But God wants to touch your heart before he touches your lifestyle. And this morning, I just at the start of this journey, I want to ask God, come and touch hearts in this place. And it starts with falling in love with Jesus. Just coming back to him, just saying, Jesus, this is all about you. I want to know more of you than I want from you. I want to walk with you. And maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never made that personal step. You may have heard about him many times, but if you're honest, you've never asked him personally to be your Lord and Savior. And we're going to use a prayer. I don't know if it's on the PC. It's somewhere, isn't it? We're going to use this prayer, and there will be others in this room, which needs this prayer as a recommitment. And we're going to pray this prayer and then I'm just going to lead us in a ministry time and we're going to worship Jesus together. Is that okay? And so let's pray this prayer together um, all out loud and, and support those who are going to pray it maybe for the first time as a recommitment. But Let's pray this together. Thank you God for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now. Because you are alive today, I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness, and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life, and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed... Has anyone prayed this for the very first time? I'd love to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you. One of the hosting will connect with you afterwards. But if you've prayed this for the very first time, just put your hand in the air and I'm just going to pray for you. There may not be any. Thank you. Thank you. And I pray for you. I pray you know what has just happened in you. God has eternally forgiven you. I pray, God, you would fill the hope of the glory of God into this dear lady now. And Jesus, I pray as we look at this journey to wholeness, you would do something wonderful in her life and encourage her. In Jesus' name. and those,